This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And and, uh, you're a sous chef of the Garden Franklin Proctor here. Hey, good morning to you. Uh, before we start the garden show, Charlie, we have a little duty to do for Marilyn Mudson, who was a, a computer glitch, kind of cut her last, I think, half minute off the show, yeah. and she wanted to get a little uh, announcement on for next week's show. For next week's show, exactly. From okay. a woman's perspective, and next right. week, 8 o'clock, Saturday morning, meet Director of Financial Services and Senior Wealth Manager at Scotia McLeod, Darren Farwell. You'll gain peace of mind once you understand how to deal with the new retirement reality when Darren shares his five steps to retire on your own terms. No, I feel better already. I wish I could even think of the word retirement. (laughs) Say, listen, Charlie Dobbin, welcome back to the airwaves. Thank you so much. Uh, Dennis Flanagan did a wonderful job. Yeah, he was okay. But it wasn't Charlie Dobbin, you know. No question. You know, he didn't wear the dress properly and all that <laughs> He's stuff. He's got that crazy accent. Yeah, too, oh, you know. I know. But, no, you had a great time on your vacation, huh? We did. Tell, tell folks where you went. Uh, well, um, Elliot and myself packed our bicycles onto his bike rack on the yeah. back of his car. We drove down uh, into Vermont, oh. visited friends in Burlington, uh-huh. right on Lake Champlain, did some biking, then drove around south and east to the southern kind of edge of Maine, oh. through New Hampshire, into Maine on the coast. Uh-huh. Spent three days there, and weather was great, off-season, easy to get oh. around. We were biking on the beach, because the beach is so big there. Ate lobster two, if not three times a day. Uh, I was in heaven. And then we worked our way up through northern uh, Maine, up into the Quebec countryside to visit some friends out in the country. So, beautiful colors yeah. along the way. Excellent food along the way. Uh, a lot of fun. The one name I remember from when Di and I drove uh, uh, through Maine, Ogunquit. That's where we stayed. Oh, Ogunquit. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's where we stayed. Yeah. Well, that is terrific. Yeah. Welcome back. And Thank we're you. all set to rock and roll here. And yep. Tons of questions. Now, you probably have a few announcements we better get to here, too. I do. Do you want to just do the numbers before I do I my announcements? I think I'd better do that. Okay. Thank you. Tell yeah. me my job. That's again. no problem. I've been <laughs> away. I'm, I'm fresh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's bossy again. I'm <laughs> getting right back into it. Oh, yep. Giving Elliot a break. On to me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Phone numbers for Toronto. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, who has the following announcement. I do. Mm, yeah. A couple of uh, meetings coming up this week. The Lakefield Horticultural Society is pleased to announce that Shirley Twos will speak on bees, butterflies, and other insects. And actually about inviting insects into your garden or not. The next meeting is this Tuesday, October the 9th at 7.30 p.m. at the Marshland Centre in Lakefield. Of course, everyone is always welcome to any of these Hort Society meetings. You do not need to be a member. You go as a guest, and if you love 
you're having fun, free refreshments, hey. you want to join, that's always a good thing too. Also on Tuesday, October 9th at 7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Horticultural Society presents Our Favorite Gardening Mistakes by Diane and Gary Westlake. They are from the Peterborough area, very interesting master gardeners, know a lot, have an amazingly huge garden. And, of course, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society meets at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Um, Toronto Botanical Gardens has a huge... Just amazing long list of things going on this fall. Education highlights at the TBG include Frank Kershaw on October 15th for tips on creative bulb planting. Visit plants woman Marion Jarvie in her renowned Thornhill Home Garden on October the 11th to learn hands-on about fall garden wrap-up. What a good idea, eh? Yeah. Marion, she brings all these people in and gets them to do the work. I should do how this. How clever. I know. But she's got, she's got an amazing <laughs> garden. Learn how to preserve all your harvest goodies with the compost Council of Canada and the Toronto Master Gardeners at the Grow, Cook, and Relish Workshop on October 10th. Capture the beauty of fall at the Photographing Trees Workshop on October 10th. And a six-week Capturing Birds in Acrylics course starts on October 12th. So tons going on at the TBG Lecture Series. So go to www.torontobotanicalgarden.ca for more information and details and for any registration info. Right. Now, you're speaking of leaves, mm. just quickly, on your tour, mm. you, like in Ontario right now, with the colors, it's starting. more than 50% in, mm-hmm. in many areas, it's mostly yellow, right? Right. And and Bob, uh, um, our new shepherd, shepherd, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mind, where did it go? Uh, Bob and I were both noticing a shot in one of the papers this mm-hmm. morning, front page, the color shot that they had was simply all yellow. Right. Where, the, where are the reds, you know, all that... You've got to have those maples. And, yeah. of course, the sumac have been coloring up for yeah. a while now, and they give the red. Right. And so we've been seeing that along the highways and stuff. But where I was in Maine, I, I mentioned to you earlier, it's such an, it's a different, it's a different forest, right? Because we're south of Canada into the United States there. The forests where we were driving on these secondary highways are predominantly deciduous and predominantly maple. So oh, man. very little green. Mm-hmm. Little bit of yellow, lots of orange, and lots of red, and and the trees are right up almost to the highway. So you're going when you're driving, it's like you're in a tunnel of yeah. color. And of course, you know we're zipping along there, and I'm just taking photographs while we're Uh-oh. while we're driving. Lexus, we better stop because you're <laughs> going to be walking out that door, getting in the car, and driving <laughs> Maine again. Yeah, so. it was fun. <laughs> but here, yeah, I mean, it's there's a bit of orange even coming down the parkway. Yeah. you know, you're seeing the sumacs. We are seeing the maples are are coming along. And remember as well, this was a funny year because the drought has meant that the plants have been under stress earlier than normal. We haven't had a frost yet, though one is in the forecast. So the color is just really starting here. And it did start with yellow, really. Okay. Well... Uh, leave me alone, say I. Uh, we've got to we've got to get to our callers. Uh, they're patiently waiting on the line. We'll be back to talk to Arlene here at AM 740's Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And at 914, Frank Proctor bidding you welcome to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and a a great hello to those in uh, Guelph, Listening in, one of your neighbors will be on the line now. Arlene, good morning. Good morning. Morning. 
yes, I have a, a plant that I had in the garden this year. I'm not sure if it's a perennial or not. Uh, I'll spell the name out for you. It's uh, gold, uh, S-A-N-D-I-T-A-L-I-A. So S-A-N-D as in dog? No. Oh. S-A-N-V, like oh, a Victor. San, San Vitalia. I-T-A-L-I-A. San Vitalia, like S as in Sam. Yes. Okay, San Vitalia. Hmm, gold. Uh, hmm, good question. I'm that. I'm not. I'm not knowing what that is. I've got it. It's theirs. It's the President's Choice one, but it doesn't really tell you on the card exactly what, like if it's a perennial or not. But I don't know. What um, is it? A ground cover or is it a trailing plant? No, it's just uh, like it just comes up like a little uh, round uh, bush type of thing, and it's not. It's not very tall. It was only about. Uh, Oh, I'd say maybe three or four inches high, and it had pretty little yellow flowers on it. Hmm. I'm. I'm like I say. I'm just. I'm not. Not understanding. It maybe came in a uh, different name okay. last year. No, no, no. You know what it is? I get it. It's a commonly called creeping zinnia. Oh. It is a member of the proven winner. So it has it been. It's probably been beautiful. It's just been full of flowers all summer. Yes, it has. It is an annual flower. Oh, okay. So uh, it will die in the frost. Uh, so be prepared for it to die in the frost. I mean, you could potentially consider digging it up and taking it in, but it's probably not worth it. It's sometimes no. very tough to get those things to work out. But if you loved it, keep that name. And see, that's why we have talk about garden journals and tracking what works and what doesn't. So mm-hmm. if you've had a good success with that plant. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I actually had two of them. I bought two of them at the time. Yeah, keep, and, keep uh, the tag somewhere safe yeah. and then next spring go shopping for the same plant. Yeah, I always keep my name tags. And then if I really like the things, then I'll maybe try buy them again. Exactly. Great idea. Okay, then. Thank well, you. Good for you. Thanks for the call. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Thank you, Arlene. Guelph, lovely area for architecture. I love the architecture there because mm-hmm. of the stone. Limestone. Oh, great old homes. Uh, 916 yeah. here at AM 740, the Garden Show, as we welcome Catherine from Toronto. Hey, good morning, Catherine. Oops. Hello, Catherine. Am I allowed to make a comment about something you said recently before I ask my question? Yeah, yeah. As long as it's positive. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Go ahead. You were talking about all the colors you saw on your trip. Mm -hmm. I've just come back from the Northwest Territories, Mm -hmm. and being an Ontario person, Mm -hmm. when I was there, I was so surprised that all there was where I was was black spruce right. and yellow aspen. Exactly. And birch. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Black and yellow. And I thought, oh, Where's the red? orange yeah. and red with spikes of green. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I spent years in the Yukon, and it's, you're absolutely right. The colors are very muted, and there's the very dark green, the yellow. And if you're there earlier in, in August, you'll see the fireweed, which will give you the red. Oh, and, I, well, I wasn't there early Yeah, enough. and it's probably done by now, so it's just brown now. But uh, that's the only red really up north is from the fireweed. <laughs> so, I see. Okay. Okay, well, my question. You. Yep. Um, Abutilon. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of it before, but I saw this lovely little plant uh, in the summer and bought it. And mm-hmm. it's now, it's done very well. It's about uh, almost three feet tall. Mm, wow. And all the little orange fla- bell flowers mm-hmm. hanging from it. Mm-hmm. The instructions say that if I want to keep it over, I have to um, uh, uh, cut back to half the size and put it in a semi-dark frost-free spot. Oh, hello. 
Hello. Oh, we lost Catherine. When how oh, did I here. do that? Uh, okay, so a, a butylon is the proper name of what a, a plant that's commonly called flowering maple. And the reason it's called flowering maple is because... Hello. Hello. Yes, hello. Is that you, Catherine? It, I'm here, but somebody keeps coming in and saying hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> no problem. It's all right. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, the plant that you have, the little leaves look like maple leaves. Yes. And so that's why it's commonly called flowering maple. Yes. Because, of course, maples don't get little flowers like you have, those bell-shaped flowers. You have two options. And your question was, when should you bring it in as per the instructions? I would do it this weekend. Okay. It is going to be very, it's supposed to be quite chilly tomorrow night. Yes. So I would try and get it in at least uh, in undercover today, tomorrow, if uh-huh. not actually inside the house. Okay. What I would do is I would probably not do all that cutting back because you're going to lose all your flowers if you do that. Yes. If you have a sunny, do you have a southern facing window in your home? I do. It's my dining room. There you go. So what I would do if I had that little abutilon to, to bring in, I would be giving it a very thorough wash either today or tomorrow with soap and water. So yeah, that's I, what are you talking about? The, the, all the leaves and everything? Yep, yeah, yeah. It's a spray. You just mix up uh, in an old spray bottle or any spray bottle okay. some soap and water. Right. You'll spray the plant all uh, under the leaves, over the leaves, till it's dripping with the soapy water. Okay. And then you'll rinse it off. And the idea is you just want to clean off some of the city dirt and the spiders and whoever's hiding in there. Okay. You just want them all off of there. This, it, to ensure there's no sow bugs or earwigs in the soil, I'll usually um, put the pot the soil-filled pot right into a tub of water, like a laundry tub or a you know big tub somewhere. Mm. Immerse the pot. Any of the little insects that are in the soil there will all float out. out oh, of the... uh, sorry, I missed something somewhere. Um, when I bring it out of the ground. Oh, right, it's in the ground. Right. So no, but, but, yeah. So how? Do, where does the pot come in? You're going to have to pot it up, obviously, to bring it in. Well, but so, but I wash the roots before I pot it. Well, yeah. Except it's really hard on plants to have their roots washed in in oh. the fall. Oh. So you actually won't wash the roots. You'll dig it up. You'll yeah. pot it up. You okay. won't take the soil off the roots because that's quite stressful. Okay. Uh, but I would still, once it's potted up, immerse the pot into a tub of water. Okay. To whether it's earthworms or whoever's in that soil, you just don't want to bring them in the house. Centipedes, okay. all that kind of thing. So get them all out. Drain all that water out of, you know, let the, the pot drain out. Because, of course, the pot you're going to put it into will have drainage holes. Yeah. Of course, then that water will drain out and then bring it into the house. A nice sunny window as much sun as you can possibly give it and be careful don't overwater it it's very easy to overwater in the winter wait until it really dries down and and water in between all right now there's one other one concern i have about plants in my house what about a plant like that with the dry atmosphere in the house right so what we do is do you have a humidifier uh, no. Okay. So if uh, you can consider investing in a humidifier, always recommend it. It's good for us and for our plants. Yes, it is. The other thing is if sometimes just a tray, like a cookie sheet with some pebbles in it, yeah. then your plant sits on the pebbles in the tray yes. and you keep water in the tray all the time. So ah. that water is constantly evaporating around the plant, okay. but the plant is not sitting in the water. Okay. That helps raise the humidity as well. Right. And should I have missed it Sure. At all? Absolutely. Uh-huh. A couple times a day. Oh, that's wonderful. All righty.
I've got my work ahead and of you me. Do. <laughs> you do indeed. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good luck. Thanks, Catherine. All right. Thank you, bye, Catherine. Bye. 9.23 here at AM 740, and I'm going to start doing my exercises I know. right did now. Did you miss me? You didn't do I probably did. any exercises well, last week. Well, I only week. did my eye blinking stuff for Dennis. <laughs> and Dennis get... didn't know what you were doing. No. He thought you were flirting with him, probably. <laughs> okay. So what Frank is referring to and why he's doing his exercises and smiling throughout is because he and I both take a, a very completely natural mineral supplement called Sierra Sill. So Sierra, like the mountains, Sill, S-I-L. It is a, a little pill with a little dust inside the pill. And uh, and the way it works is that it's, for, for many of us, it makes a difference with, with the joints. It just somehow has this magical ability to take stiff joints and make them move more easily and pain-free. So there we see Frank doing his sit-ups, and he's not whining at all because he's had, got reduced aches and stiffness due to taking Sierra Sil. That's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. He just likes to sing. Hold on. Don't. Oh, oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> I just want to say you can pick oh, up Sierra yes. Sill at many places, including Essence of Life on in Kensington Market in Chinatown and at the Peanut Mill in St. Catharines. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on this long holiday weekend, uh, we wish you the very best of Thanksgivings. What Thanksgivings? Well, uh... Giving of thanks? Well, uh, several folks eat uh, the bird twice. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> multi, multi-turkey dinners. That's right. Well, What they, are you doing? Are you are you getting together with the boys, with uh, the family? I'll be, I'll be in here on Monday working for Dale Gould. Oh, actually, so you're actually working. But, uh, no, we'll have a, a little get-together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where Swiss yet. chalet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Toblerone chocolate. That's, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, at my house, we are hosting a, a family dinner. Um, I say we. My daughter is in charge of the turkey. Oh, wow. She uh, loves doing that. She'll be up tomorrow morning washing and plucking and doing the thing on the turkey and with my mother's top secret stuffing recipe. Uh, of course, that yeah. Nobody knows how she makes it, but she makes it and I'll be picking that oh, up today. Nice moist dressing. Mm. And uh, I'm on pie duty. So You're on pie. pie. I'm, the, I'm the baker. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of crust to say that, I'm telling you. <laughs> 926 as we say hi to Evelyn in Scarborough. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning. Morning. Uh, we have two rows of Sharon's out in the front yard, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd like to know how to trim them because one is getting really large. Mm-hmm. They have a tendency to do that, don't they? They sure do. <laughs> they lose your house behind the monster rows of Sharon. <laughs> what I would do is I would leave it alone for now. Okay. In the spring... Rows of Sharon are almost the very, very last plant to emerge with leaves. Right. So we often think they're completely dead because all around us things are in full leaf and the rows of Sharon are still dormant. Mm-hmm. At that point, when it, it's just starting to show the little green buds, and it's usually quite nice weather by then because, like I say, it's, other things are perking along beautifully, get out there with your loppers, your pruners on a nice dry day and do whatever radical pruning back you want to do then. You'll right away take out anything dead. Sometimes the tips are dead, and you'll be able to tell because you'll see the little green buds where it's alive. You'll always go down to an outward-facing bud, so a bud that's growing to the outside of the plant. And mm-hmm. and you can cut down or shrink the size of that plant by as much as a third at that time. Okay. Okay. 
Very good. Excellent. That, and that way you, you still have the structure there now doing its thing and enjoy it. You know, it's got the nice little fruits hanging off of it after the flowers. So it has ornamental value through the winter. But, yeah, go crazy in the spring. Terrific. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling, Evelyn, uh, joining here on the Garden Show. Charlie mm-hmm. Dom, of course, on the air, back from holidays. She's all primed and ready to go. My God, she's just so full of information. She's full of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> Trying to get your digs in before oh, I well, slap yeah. you around too many times. I know. Phyllis in <laughs> Alliston, welcome to the show. <laughs> hi, Phyllis. Yes, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Um, I'm calling in regards to my peony bushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't cut them down, mm-hmm. but I was wondering, I heard that if you cut them down too soon, that they don't bloom the following year. Is that true? No, nope, that's not true. Have you had a frost yet where you live? No. Okay. I, I haven't cut them down, though. That's right. See, I like to wait. Wait until you get a frost. Okay. Uh, because peonies will give you kind of a burgundy purple leaf color. Okay. Uh, and then uh, shortly after that, they'll turn yellow and kind of collapse anyway. That's the point at which I cut them down. And I do cut them almost right down to the ground. They're, you know, half an inch tall, an okay. inch at the most. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I do. But, yeah, if you, it's not going to hurt to do it now. But, like I say, they do have that ornamental value to leave them and enjoy a little bit of leaf color from them after we get some frost. Okay, I had already cut two down at the back. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I, I wasn't sure, and then I thought, well, I better leave these other ones yeah. the way I did. Well, like I said, it, it won't hurt them. It's, okay. it, it, as long as you're not cutting them down back in July. You know, if you're cutting them down in early October, not a problem. Okay, that's great. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, Thanks. and have a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you, you too. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye now. Okay. So, okay, so you know what I was just thinking about? And this, I hope everybody who's listening, like, yeah. listen up right now. It has been so dry. We have had a dry summer. We had a dry winter last year, a dry summer. And all this talk about rain. I mean, every day this week, there was supposed to be rain. Where I live, no rain. Lots of cloud, but no rain. It's very important that we keep keep watering. As winter is coming, particularly our trees and our shrubs and even our peonies, it's very important that as the frost comes and as we start hunkering down for winter, that the soil has lots of moisture in it. The plants will suffer immensely next spring if they go into the winter bone dry. Evergreens, trees being the number one priority to make sure they're well watered over these next few weeks if the rain doesn't come. Excellent point. Yes. And let that hose run for quite a bit because it's Exactly. Sink Put down that little trickle on the hose. Yeah. Exactly. And leave that hose out for hours. You know, don't yeah. hesitate. Uh, it's just super, super important to get the moisture into the ground. Darn good point. All right. And I hope everybody takes your lead there. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be saying that again. I'll be reminding everybody about every 10 minutes, oh, I, I think, know. for the you, next few weeks on that. She gets something in her craw, boy. <laughs> just, you don't shake her. It's <laughs> more <laughs> and you wonder why I didn't bring you any lobster. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I, need, I forgot to complain about that. Yeah, Maureen, it's Scarborough. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning. Morning. Um, I have a question about a Rose of Sharon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a relatively um, shady spot because mm-hmm. um, I live in a townhouse, so it's kind of a <clears throat> against a fence on one side, but it does get um, the morning mm-hmm. sun. Yeah. Um, I have buds. Uh, that didn't open? That didn't open. Aww. Like, I can see that the flower was inside, but none of the buds. A little bit of color yeah. showing, a little bit of green, like what they call cracking color. Where the... Yeah. Aww. I've got about, a, you know, there could be about 
close to 100 buds on the stupid thing. I've had that happen, too. The uh, Tell me, how many years have you had that Rose of Sharon? Two. And did it flower last year? Yes, it did. Mm, interesting. And is the shade, has? is there more shade this year than last year because it's being created by a tree, or is it the same? No, no, there's uh, exactly the same spot last year. And mm-hmm. and it's the shade is provided by buildings or whatever. It's it's actually like, a, yeah, as the, uh, you know, the sun moves around, mm. it gets the morning, um, but it's too far back to get the late afternoon. So the fact that, okay, now, it bloomed last year, but was it in, like, you planted it last year, I guess? Uh, yes. So it was probably, was it flowering when you planted uh, it? No. You got it early enough in I the spring or summer. Was it in bud when, when you planted it? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, that bodes well. So what I would do then is next spring, mm-hmm. fertilize. Yeah. And that could be fertilizing with a real fertilizer, or it could be ensuring that you're top dressing with a good quality organic soil or compost manure, right. making sure that soil is, you know, full of nutrient. Mm-hmm. That's important. I would also prune it next spring. Okay. And cross your fingers. And talk to it, because um, I have had Rose of Sharon that did that to me for, oh gosh, five years. Buds every fall, none of them opened. Or maybe one or two would get 10% open, and then frost would come and everything would drop. Yeah. And it was so frustrating, and I, I threatened that plant for several falls, and then I gave up on it and dug it out and gave it to my neighbor, who took it to his house, and it flowered beautifully it for him. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those yeah. things that maybe yeah. didn't like and, me threatening uh, it. When do we cut the roses back? The regular roses. Regular roses. Um, Mine are all scraggly. Okay, I only cut in the fall after we've had some good hard frost. Okay. I will cut my roses only to the point where um, it, they are not going to hurt themselves by whipping around in the wind and getting all, you know, bruised and, and damaged. Right. Or cutting them back because they're interfering with a walkway. I'll cut them back. Otherwise, I don't do a lot of radical cutting back on roses in the fall. Like I say, strictly just for health and safety purposes. Yeah. Mound them up, assuming that these are tender roses. I do put that mound of soil over mm-hmm. the crown. Yeah. Again, after we've had that hard frost, and then this year, this year it could be Christmas by the time we yeah, do all by this. Yeah, we have that. Yes. And and then do my my real hard cutting back in the spring. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Have You're, a happy Thanksgiving. And you too. And yeah. the same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Maureen was sneaky, eh? Did you I, that? Yeah, she just drifted she in there. Rose of Sharon to roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, she snuck that in uh, and, really and you well. Know it almost slipped by me. And I, thought, oh, I won't mention it. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> a little, I'm, I'm in a giving mood. I was going to say, this is, so people realize this is a one-shot, <laughs> one-shot <Yeah>. week only. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've got a little note about that in a moment. But first, mm-hmm. we have to go to uh, Aiden in Milton, I believe. Good morning, Aiden. Morning. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. Oh, yeah, I can hardly hear you. <laughs> oh, well, there you are. Can you hear us now? <laughs> yes. Very good. A good, happy morning to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Beautiful morning. Mm-hmm. And I hope you both have a great Thanksgiving and keep safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anyway, it's about carrots. Mm-hmm. We have an overabundance, and I was told, and I also read in the paper, about storing them in sand in a cold place, which we've done, but they're growing. Oh. You've harvested all these carrots? Yes. Okay. Well, they won't grow if it's a cool enough place. Where have you got them stored? In the fruit cellar. Okay. And the temperature in there is roughly? 
I don't know. No, okay. Uh, so when you say they're growing, like you can, you've yeah, all the sprouts coming up tall Aww. from the sand. Now, could there be light? Them sand is is that proper? Yeah, the reason why is because you don't want any light to get to them. They oh, will grow if light. They'll they'll respond to light. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, there's no really no light. There's a tiny tiny window, but. I don't think uh, that would bother them. No, it does. Believe me. It's just a fraction of a smidgen of light, and they respond. Mm-hmm. So maybe use some tinfoil and cover that window just oh, yeah? to block the light out. might be a, a way to uh, lower the light in there. That will stop them from growing as well. Oh, okay. The other thing I was going to say is <clears throat> at this time of year, if you have an overabundance of anything like carrots or potatoes or zucchinis, any of that, remember the food bank. The food bank is so happy to take any donations of excess crops and rather than you know running the risk of you not being able to eat it. Truck it on down, just you know, bag it up and take it on down. That's part of the plant a row, grow a row program. Thanksgiving obviously being an important time to make sure that we are right. sending food to those that need it. So that would be the other option. If, if this oh, trying to hold on to those carrots is more trouble than it's <laughs> worth, you might want to consider donating them. Yes. That's a great um, idea. Uh, is it usual for them to pack sand wet? Because we bought four plastic bags of them, but it's a, it's a sand is soaking wet. Oh. Okay, so these are carrots that you bought, you say, or carrots that you grew? Pardon me? The carrots that you've got in the sand, they came from the store or they came no, from your we, garden? we grew them. Oh, you grew them. Okay, um, so the wet, if, the, if so there's moisture piling up in the sand, something's rotting in there, or... Was it clean, sterilized sand? Yeah, but the, the the sand was in the bags wet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. They, they were packed wet. Yeah, gotcha. Or else there was moisture getting into the bags somehow. I don't know. Right. So that's possible. Well, because you're absolutely right. The You do need, it, it doesn't need to be bone dry sand, but it should be fairly dry. Maybe yeah. uh, consider, do you have like a small fan or something that you could get into that roots, into the cellar, into the the room, the, the um, cool room, get a little air circulation going in there. Oh, I see. Because of, a remember, fan? Well, a fan would help. Because remember, those the carrots are alive, right? That's a living That's entity. Right. And so they are respiring. There mm-hmm. is moisture inside them. There is, there is biological activity going on in those carrots, particularly if there's a little bit of light and they're trying to grow. So they are re- releasing some moisture. Yeah. And so it is very important to ensure that you do not end up with too much moisture. You know, humidity ends up too high in that room. They will rot. I see. What's an ideal temperature? Ideal temperature is really refrigerator temperature, so about you know ten degrees or fifty okay. degrees Fahrenheit, and you want your uh, humidity levels down below fifty percent if you can. You want them down about thirty percent humidity in there. I see. Okay, thank you very much. Going to okay. be eating a lot of carrots. Yeah, I was going to say carrot <laughs> soup. Well, that that food bank idea <laughs> yeah. that Charlie came up with, I carrot think, carrot juice, carrot soup. Yeah. There's yeah. lots of good carrot things. Carrot cake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrot, carrot muffins. muffins. Yeah. Now we're <laughs> we on We went it. there. Yeah. Okay. Cream cheese icing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. I'm starving now. Aiden, thank you very much for that call. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, what I forgot to do when I was giving the phone numbers, which I'll do again in just a flash, I forgot to give our little uh, motto, you know. Mantra. Uh, uh, our mantra. Yes, yes. Call early, call often, one question per call. Well, our next caller, after we had take a little break, it's going to be, I believe, yes, I think the caller right. we started with, Arlene in Guelph. Yep. So here she she's calling again. She's following the she rules. She called early, call and 
calling again. Yep. Good for Good you. Good for you, Arlene. We'll be back to talk to you, Arlene, in just a moment. I do have an important thing to do here, though. I'm going to actually do my push-ups. I was faking it last time, <laughs> but I really am. All right, I'm, I'm not going to watch. My sit-down uh, against the table. Okay, so why is Frank uh, doing push-ups? Frank is doing push-ups because he wants to maintain his freedom to do his favorite activities, like push-ups during a radio yes, show. Yes, We need a camera in here. Um, now, he's able to do this with reduced aches and stiffness because he takes Sierrasil on a daily basis. It does work. doesn't work necessarily for everybody, but the, the manufacturers of Sierrasil claim that if it's going to work for you, you're going to feel better in 14 days, 14. which is where the phone number comes from, one 877 Joint 14. If you want to ask any questions, go to their website, sierrasil.ca, or you can pick up Sierra Sill at many um, health food stores. There's many of them out there that carry it. One is the Natural Food Depot that's in Scarborough on Lawrence Avenue, and the Port Credit Village Pharmacy on Lakeshore Road East. Uh, in Port Credit also carries Sierra Sill. S I E R R A S I L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with the phone numbers for Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-740. Four seven forty, and a re a good morning to uh, uh, let's see, it's or Arlene, Arlene in Guelph, right? Hey, Arlene, how are you again? Not too bad, thank you. Good morning. Uh, yes, I have a hydrangea. Mm-hmm. I got it in the spring of twenty ten. Mm-hmm. It hasn't flowered since. I got it for Mother's Day that year, and in the winter we've covered it with straw, and it, it's coming up really well. It's just never flowered. It had, this year it got some like uh, green, they're like beans type of, of thing, like long and skinny things. Hmm, really? And actually they were like a seed because I, I, when they didn't flower, I just uh, put my fingers against them and then knocked them off. Uh-huh. So I don't know what, if it's, maybe it's just a, a Mother's Day plant, but it has come along really well. And we covered up in, uh, for the winter, it was straw, and then it comes back again in, in the spring. Right. So it's important to remember that the, the hydrangeas that we receive as gifts for Mother's Day and around Easter are what are considered florist hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. So good for you that you've been able to keep it alive outside over the winter for the last couple of winters. Now, the mild winters help with that as well. These are not hardy, truly hardy plants, so I don't expect this to last for many, many years. Uh, it, it, at some point, it is likely to just not come up one spring because uh, I've had the same thing where a couple of winters, okay, but by about the third or fourth winter, not as well, coming up as well. Now, the lack of flower is interesting. If there actually were some kind of little seeds, it, there must have been flowers because that's how it works, right? Flowers yeah. get pollinated and then you get seeds. But um, is it getting any sun where you've got it located? Oh, yeah, it, it gets a lot of Lots sun, of sun. Like, especially first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then by maybe about noon hour, then it doesn't get as much, but it does get sun. Sounds perfect. That's the right kind of sun. That early morning sun is what it wants. 
and lots of green leaves. So it sounds like it's been c- coming up as a healthy plant. Did it oh, yeah, flower? It's quite, quite lots, big now. Lo- it's it's uh, about three times the size it was when yeah, I got it. Yeah. And do you cut it down in the spring? Is it, you no, cut I the- just, uh, not, no, not in the spring. Uh, and, and in the fall, I just leave it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it is, and cover it up with mm-hmm. straw. Good idea. To keep the uh, north wind off it, because mm-hmm. we will get north wind that way, mm-hmm. and then just let the snow go over top of it. Mm-hmm. In the spring, uh, like any of the dead stuff, and that'll cut cut that back. Right. But other than that, I just leave it. And maybe, I don't know whether I'm watering it too much. Uh, well, that could be a case. I mean, hydrangea do like to be kept moist. But yeah, not soggy. So you don't want it. You know, you don't want it too wet. You and the thing about hydrangeas, even when they are moist on a hot summer day, you'll see them look very limp sometimes at the end of the afternoon, right, and that's because yeah. of the heat. They don't like the, the really hot weather we sometimes get in July and August. Um, you know, what, it sounds to me like you're doing all the right things. Do you fertilize it in the spring? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, good with a flowering plant fertilizer of yes, one kind or another. Same as what I, I do with my other uh, things. Mm-hmm. And did it flower in the spring of, of uh, or summer of eleven two thousand and eleven? No, no, it hasn't flowered since, since I got it. And it was it was like a pink flower at that time. Yeah, it's likely it in a pot, like you know. Like yeah. I, I think my daughter and son, son in law, da- son and daughter in law. I think they bought it at maybe theirs or one of those types mm-hmm. of stores. And my husband put it into the ground. Yeah. Well, likely what's happening, just so you know, is that the flower buds for that hydrangea to bloom are formed in the fall. So now is when those flower buds form. Oh, okay. Then next spring, those buds are there and they're able to open sort of late spring and you should have flowers all over it. What's probably happening is one of two things. One is the buds are getting frosted off and dying in the winter so that come spring, those flower buds are all shriveled up, but lots of leaf buds are there and that grows as a nice green leafy plant. Or when you're trimming off the dead, that's what goes, is some of those, those flower buds. So give it another, give it one more spring. If it just ends up being a big green plant, I would get rid of it, and I would replace it, if you love the hydrangea, with one of the endless summer uh, group, because those are hydrangeas that bloom not only on this season's growth, but also new growth next season. So they are far more floriferous and sort of guaranteed to give you the beautiful flowers because they have been selected specifically for that ability versus the florist hydrangea that you've got in your garden, which does not have that ability. When I looked at it the other day when I was able to get out when the weather was dry, it does look like it's getting a little bud. Mm -hmm. It probably does have little flower buds on the tips. But, uh, but they need to survive the winter. So maybe when you're piling your straw, pile it even higher. Try and oh, okay. get your straw up on. over those buds if you can. Yeah. See okay. if that works. Thank you very much, Good Arlene. luck with that, yeah, Arlene. Good, good luck indeed. Um, busy show going all over the countryside here. We're uh, now going to take a little trip to, uh, let's see, Markham. Just head up by Highway 48 there and say hi to Catherine. How are you this morning, Catherine? Well, hello, Frank and Charlie. I'm just fine, thanks. Great. Good morning morning. Uh, question about uh, compost. Uh, uh, wine. Can I put old, nasty wine? Would it be beneficial or detrimental to pour it into a compost or the earth directly rather than just down the drain? 
old, nasty wine. I love I've never, that. I've never let it get old enough to <laughs> I was say, be nasty. No, I, I think it's probably better for cleaning windows by the time <laughs> it gets old and nasty because it's like vinegar well, by that time. it was homemade that was given to me and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say no, but I'm <laughs> not going to drink it. hope it, your friends aren't listening. Does it smell like wine or does it smell like vinegar? I don't know. I oh, haven't okay. opened, I opened it. it. I just I say nasty because it's I I really I don't drink so yeah, okay. it's been in my house for a few years right. and it hasn't been kept in a wine cellar or anything. Yeah. So I asked somebody about it. I said, "Is this? Can I give this to somebody who drinks wine?" And they said, "Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> nobody wants it. <laughs> don't do it." So I thought, like a pour down the drain. But then I don't know if it's something that would be beneficial just to pour out in the garden or the compost. Well, it shouldn't be detrimental um, unless it is it's gone to such a vinegar point because that can happen right with with old wine that sugar becomes um can well the alcohol can become you vinegar use it for cooking well uh, i was going to say stew yeah. or chili something like that gravy all the alcohol would burn off that's right but it you know if it's got a bad flavor you wouldn't yeah, want to do no. that so it kind of depends on on that I, i'd give it a sniff like if it smells really vinegary i'd wash some windows or you you can all, remember um vinegar works very effectively to make a lot of insects quite afraid so i wouldn't put it in the compost because you want the life you want to encourage all that those microorganisms and I'm afraid that you would kill some of them or frighten them away mm. with the wine. But if you wanted to not pour it all in one spot, but go say you've got a vegetable garden that you've taken all the plants out and now the soil is just sitting there, you wanted to kind of sprinkle that around in the vegetable garden now, I don't think it would be a problem. Okay. Yeah. Or or you could you know send it to Frank. Uh, no, I, I was going to say <laughs> hang hang on the line there. We'll get your address. Charlie be by with her wine bag, and she'll fill up. And uh, one way or another, that wine's going to be gone. I'll give you Frank's uh-huh. address. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a terrific idea. Thank you. Whatever you decide to do, but don't go in the compost with it. I won't. Thanks, Catherine. Okay. Catherine from Markham there, giving us a chocolate. uh, Coming up to 9.50 here. My gosh, where has the time gone? Notice how I didn't mention sending it to the food bank. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. (laughs) For a good reason. Exactly. Uh, And and we are going to take just a little bit of a break here uh, and come back and have a chat with Kathy up there in Concarden on the uh, shores of uh, Lake Huron in just a couple of moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And your sous chef of the garden had uh, his first social faux pas of the day. Uh, just quickly get this little story in. <laughs> I was uh, on the way into work on Saturday mornings. I uh, drive along St. Clair just before uh, Mount Pleasant. There's a Sobeys. So I go in there and get an apple and a banana. So I go in this morning, Charlie, and all the bananas are green. Green, green. You wouldn't be able to peel them with a chainsaw. <laughs> so, But then I noticed right beside them, they're... Two, well, whole, several other great big big bananas and it's plantains. It's, oh, I well, I'll, I've never tried to plantain, so I'll get that. So I went to my uh, favorite cashier, Linda. And when I put the items on the uh, conveyor belt, she said, she picked it up and she said, a plantain. I said, yeah. She says, now, how are you going to cook that? I said, what? Uh, no, I uh, I was going to peel it. She, oh no, you can't peel 
but you've got to cook it. I think I did. So I've never funny. realized that before. Yeah, you got to fry them. Yeah, plantain yeah. chips. So I, I went online this morning, found the whole deal how to how to cook plantain. But that man, would have been so funny if you'd been sitting oh, there trying to my, chow down I on it. You can't wouldn't be able it. to swallow it. It just no. doesn't taste good. No, not apparently like your not. Tradition. Yeah. It's not sweet. Well, it's I'm not. glad Kathy saved me. You <laughs> are really. It's so funny that you have your favorite cashier looking yeah. after its obies. Like she you, did too. You, you are just such a charmer, right? Oh, you devil, you. Yeah. Well, Kathy <laughs> in Kent Garden, we finally get you. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning, Charlie, and good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, I have a beautiful green poinsettia mm-hmm. from last year. Mm-hmm. What do I do to try to get it red? Well, your timing is good, uh, except we should have probably started this a few weeks ago. The way uh, we cause a green poinsettia to have its leaves turn red or, or colored anyway, the mm-hmm. bracts, is uh, it's all with a dark light program. So it, what you'll need to do and sometimes this just works for people because the, the room they have the poinsettia in, they it goes dark, you know, at whatever, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and there's no outside light coming into the room. Mm-hmm. And so the plant stays in darkness for the, now that our day, nights are getting longer, you know, you get that good 8 or 10 hours of dark, and then the color will start to show. If you are in a situation where you've got lights on in the room or you've got outdoor light coming in through the window, then you'll have to take that plant every night about eight o'clock at night and put it in a cupboard somewhere some dark spot for 12 hours oh and continue with your watering as normal continue with putting it back into its nice happy spot for the other 12 hours a day but it needs to go into pure darkness for 12 hours and within the next eight nine weeks you'll start to see it coloring up it takes about yeah nine ten weeks and it should be i have to do will you will you make it to christmas you might yeah, you might. Hopefully. <laughs> it might be really good for January 1st, but, but if you start today, uh, you might just be in good shape to have it all colored up for Christmas. Oh, I see. But that's all it is. It's just a, it's a, what they call photoperiodism. It responds to light. Oh, well, that's what I'll have to try and see what happens. Okay, let good us know. Luck. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep in touch and let us know how that goes, okay? Uh, good enough. We're at uh, 9.54. It's time for another couple of callers, I hope. Let's go along to uh, Thornhill and speak to Claire. Good morning, Claire. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, I have a plant that's three and a half years old. I believe it's called Hearts of Love. I spoke to you in the spring, and because it was only flowering one flower at a time, I had it indoors. I took it to a nursery. They repotted it for me, and you told me to keep it outdoors. Well, now I have a dozen gorgeous flowers. Every flower is red with a yellow little spike coming out from the middle. Mm-hmm. I am concerned now what to do with the cold weather coming and bringing it indoors, and I'm afraid of having insects inside in the house. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny, Hart, so I wonder what it is that you've got. Do you think it's a hibiscus? No, I don't know the actual garden name. Are the flowers... I know, like, every leaf, they're big green leaves, and they're all shaped like hearts. Huh. Okay. And, and the, um, red the, the, the red flowers, they come up, like I said... Bright red, and they almost look like plastic, the red part. Oh, I remember. And this is the anthurium. Like a little yellow spike coming out yep. from the center. Yep, yep, yep. Sort of almost like fuzzy looking. Yeah, it's an anthurium. Is the, yeah, okay. I don't know the... Yeah, that's what it is. No problem. I know what it is. All right, so yes, indeed, you must bring that in. It will die in the frost. Yeah. So how I are you going to bring... it to go. Oh, pardon? 
I'd hate to lose it. Oh, absolutely. No, it sounds gorgeous. Don't You don't want that to happen. So your timing is perfect because we are looking at some pretty chilly weather starting tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, when you're in Thornhill, I'm anticipating a frost at my house in Richmond Hill. Yeah, it was 7, I think, this morning. That's right. So it is time to get out that soap and water, either Safer's soap. What kind? Safer's. Safer's? Safer's, S-A-F-E-R-S. E-R-S. Right. And you can pick that up at Canadian Tire, Home Depot, uh, you know, Angelo's Garden Center, whatever. Right. Go to a garden center. So you can buy that. Now, that's a pre-mixed horticultural soap. Safer's. Or you can make your own mix with 40 parts water and one part soap. What Not, kind of soap? Uh, it could be dishwashing soap, but it's got to be soap. It can't be detergent. Right. So, so that's like the palm olive? Cha- well, palm olive will be detergent. Oh. So that's your challenge. You've got to find liquid soap. Ivory now you, soap. Ivory, you yeah. should be able to find ivory soap. Or like I say, buy safer soap, which yeah, is all well. mixed up for you. You're going to spritz and spray that plant today from all angles till the soap is dripping off. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to rinse it off with clean water, the soap off with clean water. Also, you're going to immerse the whole pot into a tub of water. Uh, whatever, right, right to the soil? Right over the soil, exactly. Right. And if there are any little ants or spiders or anybody inside that soil, they're going to float to the surface of the water because you don't want to bring bugs in the house. Right, cold water. Not super cold. I would try and put the plant into a pot of water, a tub of water, that's roughly the same temperature as the outside temperature at that time. So if we were 10, 11, 12 degrees outside, try and make the water about that same temperature. You don't want to shock the plant with anything too cold, and you don't want to mess things up with anything too warm. Try and keep everything as sort of ambient as you can. So immerse the pot in water for about 5, 10 minutes. Let it drain. Meanwhile, you've soaked off all the leaves and rinsed. Drainage is done. Into the house you go. So the the soap is all pre-mixed already, so I don't have to worry about uh, adjusting it. Exactly. That's the advantage of buying the pre-mixed soap is it's all perfectly done for you. So that's, that's an, you know, makes it easier. And keep it indoors after that. Correct. For the entire winter. And you don't need to put it into a super sunny spot. Just a bright spot is important. Could be a southern window, you know. Right, because all summer I've been moving it around. In the morning I take it out of the sun. In the evening I put it back in that spot because <laughs> I, I didn't want too much uh, right. heat on it. That's right. And because of the leaves, the leaves will burn if it's too much sun. Well, some of the bottom leaves are starting to turn yellow. Which is fine. Those are older leaves. So with your little scissors, just snip those off. And okay. And what about fertilizing it? Not now. No. Starting in March, you will start fertilizing. And March, and then bring it back month. outdoors. That's right, once we're frost-free. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And have a great Thanksgiving. And you and too. Same Thank to you. you. And uh, hey, we'll extend that thought to all of our uh, listeners, Charlie, uh, all the folks who, of course, called in today, but yes, those who are trying to get through in line and just, we're, we've run out of racetrack is what's happening. <laughs> it we're, happens, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, bumping up against the uh, car guys, <clears throat> Dave and yep. uh, Alan. There they there are. There they are, yeah. There's trouble. A couple of big turkeys <laughs> coming your way, boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> They stuffed ones at that. <laughs> oh, yes, particularly Dave. Mm. You know, he's kind of, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> carry on. So, yes, uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy, healthy, all that important stuff. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, I think we'll be celebrating on Monday more than uh, more than tomorrow. Dies in the middle of uh, directing another show. Uh, and you're in, not in even St. home. Catherine's. No, well, I'm going to be home uh, later on today. And, oh, and then and, back and, and, Monday. Yeah, I'll be okay. coming back in to cover in for Dale Goldhawk. But hey, I'll all be right. back at noon. Uh, yeah, good my, point. The diner is going to be on the air to start and yeah. all that. Off. Tons of fun. Excellent. You, what do you got going today? Oh, I'm <clears throat> picking up turkeys, picking up stuffing, yeah, yeah. bacon pies, you know. Sweet potatoes. Uh, candied yams. Oh, I love no, those. Don't, you know, so does my dad. My dad oh, loves candied God. yams. Have so a great everybody's time, got their favorites, exactly. Enjoy the week and the weekend. Thank you, see, Christina. See you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.